The Our Secret Spot podcast. Your look through the keyhole into Australia's hottest swingers club. Hello everyone, welcome back to Our Secret Spot, the podcast. My name's Lawrence and I am one of the owners and founders of Our Secret Spot here in Sydney, Australia, to Swingers Club. Today's episode, podcast episode, is an interview podcast. Uh, it's a special episode because my guest today has not been to OSS, yet she has some great info uh, for to share with you all. My guest has been in the lifestyle for the five years, lives in Salt Lake City, Utah, which is in the United States, if you don't know, and she is the founder and relationship coach at swinginglifestylecoach.com. So please welcome to the show, Lauren from Swinging Lifestyle Coaching. Cue the like claps. Yay. <laughs> Hi. Thanks for joining me, Lauren. Um, yeah. We're going to be talking, like, obviously we've had a pre-chat, but for the audience who don't know, uh, we're going to be talking, answering questions, answering common questions that uh, we get as the club, what you receive over, over in the States as a, as a lifestyle coach. Uh, and hopefully we can shed some some knowledge of, I guess, targeted towards more newcomers at the start. And then mm-hmm. hopefully there can be a little bit more for people who have been involved uh, in the lifestyle for a little bit longer. But it's more just like easing the nerves for people. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, who, who do you want to start? Do, do you want me to start or do you want – would you like to start? I mean, because we've got a couple of different questions, like uh, the most common ones uh, that, we can, that we can go over. What would you like to go with? Well, how about you start? All right, cool. I want to start with... It's your podcast. Yeah, okay. So there's... <laughs> let's start with like super light ones. I feel like they're kind of, they're kind of easy. I mean, I, I say easy because like we know this, this stuff kind of a little bit inside out, but it's sort of... It, there's not a lot to unpack. One of them is like, what do we wear? When mm-hmm. I come to a, a lifestyle club, a lifestyle party, meeting a couple... Like, or would they be different in terms of those three different scenarios? Yeah, so I think I might share some stories, not just answer the questions as we sure. go along. And um, this was a particularly funny story when we went to our first club, which was in Atlanta, actually, um, our very, very first lifestyle experience. I, you know, read everything I could, but what to wear was a very important <laughs> aspect for me that I was very nervous about. So I bought this little tiny dress that was definitely outside of my usual comfort zone in terms of its uh, style and how short it was and whatever. And on the way that when we got there, we pulled into the place and the people milling out about out front seemed to have more like regular street clothes on, if you will. Mm. And so my husband pulled up to the valet and I was like, keep driving. We are not getting out of the car. (laughs) (laughs) I was afraid that I had on the wrong thing. (laughs) So he was like, okay. And the valet is like, what are you doing? So we pulled up and kind of looked back and then we saw more people getting out of the cars and other things. And I saw the fishnets and the heels and the little dresses. And I was like, okay, okay. Okay. It's okay. But what we learned there is like they, a lot of people go in their street clothes to that particular club and they change inside. They have a locker room that people change. And I was like, okay, now late years later, you know, that makes a lot of sense to me, but it is a little bit of a panic. And I think what I would say now is your wardrobe will change. 
<laughs> you will have a specific lifestyle wardrobe. Yes. And you basically want to be comfortable. So, you know, even the dress that I had picked out for that night was shorter than I would usually wear and whatever. But I don't, you know, if you're not comfortable showing up in lingerie, like, by the way, some people just wear lingerie to the club. Yep. But if you are not comfortable in wearing just lingerie, then don't wear that because you want to wear something that you're going to be comfortable in. Yep. So definitely pick something sexy. Like I wouldn't show up to the club in your all the sleeves and the buttons buttoned up because yep. you're going to also not feel comfortable in that. But or, also or just like dress what you think dress what you think is sexy and what you're gonna feel comfortable in as sexy because otherwise because that's the biggest thing, right? When you start going to clubs is you are already a little uncomfortable. This is very new, right? And so what you're wearing, you don't wanna be like worrying about all night and tugging it down all night and like whatever. So just yep. sexy and comfortable is what yeah. I would say. I always have felt a little bit apprehensive of using the word comfortable but i think there was a, a great distinction that you said in there Com- comfortable as oh would you say sexy as comfortable or comfortable as sexy like making sure that like when you sometimes i say if i say the word comfortable i don't mean come in like your um your slippers and you know uh, your baggy right. track suit and you know you're watching tv on the on a sunday sunday afternoon uh so yeah making the distinction between being comfortable in the sexy outfit that you have. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what about like, so do changing into something else when they get to the club or would you wear like the, you know, cause sometimes uh, we get people who ask us, it's like, well, I can't leave in the fish, leave home in the fishnets and the heels and, you know, uh, all the rest of it because if we've got kids at home or, you know, family exactly. are coming over to babysit and it's just like you start raising eyebrows when you're like, what do you got underneath just that coat? There? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, a couple practical measures. I actually have a specific black skirt that I wear over my very small things. Um, my kids are probably like, you wear that skirt all the time. <laughs> um, that just helps me get out of the house. And also I take changes of clothes with me, not always like, um, so I've kind of become known for my wardrobe changes. So I will go in, you know, something still sexy, but like as the evening goes on, I would presume you would agree that also the vibe of the club can change overnight as well. You know, the later it gets, things get sexier. And so Again, if I'm feeling comfortable with it, then I'll go put on lingerie at at some point Mm. or go kind of next level sexy. But like, it's always that I have to feel comfortable in it because if I show up in lingerie and I'm not really comfortable wearing lingerie, I'm going to sit on a couch and like hide myself. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So I do like to take several different things and lifestyle clothes are usually small, so you can easily put them (laughs) in a bag. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and um yeah so i do that just to have options sometimes and what about your husband mm-hmm. well, like- i think it's a lot easier for men actually because um i feel like there are fewer options like yeah i feel that i mean i was having this conversation last night with someone on our, our chat uh about hey, we're coming, she's got her outfit sorted. 
but I don't know what to do. And I said, just, he said, what do I dress down into? Just some underwear. And then that threw him. He says, well, what does that mean? Like, do, like I felt like just the, the narrowness, like, confused this person where they go, am I doing enough if I just turn up in my, in my briefs that I'm like, and I had to sort of explain this. It's like, definitely not the ones that you like you, that are, that are holy <laughs> and the elastic's gone a bit loose. <laughs> like you gotta, yes, you know, wear exactly. something that's form fitting uh, and that you, f- again, feel comfortable in, but is presentable. It's this, mm-hmm. but I, like, I sometimes feel this sentiment, especially from guys that's like, we don't know what to wear. And a lot of the marketing material that you see for, for lifestyle events or clubs is they'll have a picture on it, like, you know, obviously the name of the event, but they'll almost always be a woman in the picture, like in line with mm-hmm. the theme that they're trying to go for. It's not often or not as often is a man in the, in the picture. And so there's no reference point for like, what the hell do I turn up in? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say we just kind of, my husband's just six to basics. Like he'll show up and I mean, for me, me as a woman and a person in Disney fashion, it's all about the fit. Like you could wear a t-shirt, but if it's a sexy t-shirt with a nice fit and a nice fabric, great. Yeah. Don't show up in the t-shirt that you wore to the beach that afternoon. Yeah. You know, it's all about that. And yeah. um, that's why I think it's a lot easier for men because there's a smaller range like just wear pants and a shirt and then Mm. if you're going to go to your wardrobe change like you said like i don't know probably not your afternoon undies or your sunday afternoon undies. yeah yeah i call i have a name for them i call them my sundays they're like the 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 sunday undies that i only wear on a sunday when i'm not working it has to be that specific Mm -hmm. criteria (laughs) um right Actually, I forgot to ask you, like, when we started this, is this, like, a little bit more about yourself? Like, obviously, there's 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 more to you than just the, the than Lauren, the, the swinging lifestyle coach. So, so, maybe we could talk us through, like, what was it like for your first time going to a club? Or how did that actually – how did you get to be in the lifestyle five years ago to mm-hmm. moving into mm-hmm. swinging lifestyle coaching? Um, so, I like to share our story because I think it's – not completely uncommon and uncommon in some way. So um, my husband and I, we'd been married 14 years at the time. And he, prior to lifestyle, I think I was telling you earlier, we really didn't know anything about lifestyle. We just didn't know it existed. And then um, we had one experience when we were living elsewhere where a polyamorous couple had approached me wanting to know if I was interested in that. And I really, I was like, I don't even know what that is. I was like, but I am fascinated. Like, tell me all the things that you do. And it was just, we had like an hour long conversation and through that. So that was a friend of a friend. And so then I went to my friend and I was like, well, if they're doing that, are you also doing that? And she was like, okay, yeah, he outed me, whatever. So we had a conversation and I was like, so here's my biggest question. I said, how do you have time for that? Because I worked with her and ran with her and we did all the things together. And I was like, I don't understand how you have time for all this. Oh, so you had a somewhat, you had a quite an established relationship before the proposition was made, so to speak. Well, like, like it was a friend of a friend, but I didn't know my friend was polyamorous. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and then her fr- her friend is the one who approached me. Oh, okay. So sorry. then, um, okay, so then uh, I said, so my biggest question is how you have time. And she was like, 
Okay, so of all this, the main question you have for me is how I have time. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yeah, Yeah. actually, that is my biggest question. And so we laugh about that now because we're like, I was like, I have no judgment about it. I find it fascinating. I just don't know how you have time for it. So she thought that was quite funny. And I always say maybe that was some foreshadowing into our our interest level later on. Mm. Um, So then... That was, I don't remember how many years before my husband brought it up one night out of the blue. I feel like there's something more. And I was like, what the H does that mean? I don't know how much swearing I can do. Oh, swear, swear away. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> I was like, do you want a girlfriend? And he was like, I don't think I want a girlfriend, but I just feel like there's something more. And he literally didn't know what he was asking. And I, You know, I went to a place where I think it's very common for people to go to when their partners bring up anything like this, which is I'm not enough. Yeah. Oh, you must want some, you must want something more because I'm not enough. Mm. And and I was like, I thought we were really happy. And he's like, we are really happy. I am very, very happy in this marriage. I just feel like there's something more. So there was like just a, a period of discomfort and confusion around that. And we just started reading things. We Um, I started at the time, uh, looking for like sex retreats. Like I didn't know I was looking for having sex with other people. I was just like, maybe some kind of like, um, you know, sexual retreat. But the problem I found in doing that research was most of those types of retreats are geared towards couples having problems. And yeah. then they're like, reignite the spark. And I was like, we're not having any trouble. It's a raging fire. If we went there, they'd be like, what the hell? Like you yeah. need to teach everybody else. So, um, and then we like, when you're looking for that, you just start to find uh, um, lifestyle clubs and reach uh, like desire and, you know, all the kind of lifestyle resorts and stuff. And yeah. so then we're like, oh, well, what is that? And then really the thing that helped us the most was reading the book, The Ethical Slut. Yep. Um, We actually did it as, so we have had date night every week since, you know, we had kids. And so we would read a chapter per week and then discuss it during our date night about what we found intriguing and not intriguing. And my biggest concern, and I think this is probably a valid, it is a very valid one, was what if we end up wanting different things? So um, it was comforting as we had our conversations that mostly the same things were interesting to both of us. Like, oh yeah, being with another couple, that sounds really interesting. (laughs) Um, And so that was the, you know, we went down the swinger path. But like I said, before we knew about lifestyle, we didn't know a lot about lifestyle. So that, that book really helped us understand kind of the different models that are out there. And I think... And one of the things that I say all the time, and that is very true, is when you're going to be non-monogamous, it can be anything you want it to be. I mean, there are no like hard and fast rules about non-monogamy, right? But um, it was helpful to know, I mean, well, okay, let me say the rest of that phrase. It can be anything you want it to be as long as everybody knows about it and everybody is consenting. Yeah, yeah. Um, And it was very helpful to kind of have the models laid out in front of us just so we kind of knew what we were even talking about. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, people kind of head into lifestyle with different levels of understanding. I would say my husband and I were, you know, 
very new newbies. <laughs> they just didn't know anything about it. But how, how long had these conversations been going for before you took the first step? Oh, the first, I, I would say that would be the first step having the conversations, yeah. but the first actual in front of yeah, other people. Same. So not very long. So this is the one thing about my husband and I that like, I don't know, it's just how we are, but people laugh about it. So from that very first conversation of, I think there's something more to our first step into the sex club in Atlanta. Um, I think two months had gone by and other couples that we meet, they're like, Oh my God, we talked about it for two years before we ever did anything. Oh yeah. Um, No. Once we started talking about it, like it was just kind of game on, but, um, yeah, and so I would say that's kind of how our experiences always went. We kind of just fast-tracked ourselves without knowing we were doing that. But from so from that first conversation to our first sex club was, uh, like I said, maybe two months, if even that. And then that first trip, I think, was probably also maybe common, and this is something you would be able to speak to more, is – I don't think we even talked to anybody else that night. Oh, really? <laughs> like we were, we were very nervous. Yeah. In hindsight, now that I've been to clubs a bunch, it wasn't very busy, which can make it a little more awkward. But in some ways, was good for us because I also think a club, and the, I do want some people to hear this. I think sometimes a club on your very first experience can be a little too much too much too soon um, only because if you go on a really wild crazy night and this is like your first experience at all mm. <laughs> I just feel like I've talked to couples that are like yeah we went to a club it's not for us and I'm like okay it might not be for you but please don't make that based on your one experience yeah. at a club because I've also had some not great experiences at clubs and I it would be sad if we had missed out on this entire aspect of our life because of one experience like that, you know? Yeah, I would equate that to, like, going to the movies. It's just, like, you went to the movies, the same, you sat in the same sort of chair, yeah. same sort of thing, but the movie you watched wasn't that great. <laughs> it's like, it's, but you got to just, like, it's, it's different different things at different times. That's how I would explain it to people. It's just, like, give it another chance. Maybe you'll see a di- different movie and you like it more. Yeah. It leads me yeah, into, like, 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 yeah, go on. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, well, I was just gonna say. So, I think for our experience that night, it was actually great because we got to do everything at our own speed. So, when I say we didn't talk to anybody else, you know, I am not an extrovert by nature, and mm. walking into a club and just walking up to a club, cl- per, a couple has never been anything I've done in my entire life. So, to expect that from myself that night was probably you know, a little bit much, but what we wanted to see is like, what is this and what are other people doing? And like, just what is the vibe? And we absolutely got to experience that even though, and like we had sex several times in the club, the first time in a private room with the door closed and already we were like, Oh my God, we're in a sex club. (laughs) And then the next, the next time that night was with the door open, like, Oh my God, people can look in. And then uh, by the middle, by the end of the night, we had sex in this chair that was like in the middle of the room. And like, again, we didn't, play with anybody else. We didn't talk to anybody else. It was just about kind of our own exhibitionist experience that night. Mm-hmm. Um, but in hindsight, that was really lovely because it was really at our own pace, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's I think, one of the, the big takeaways for people listening is uh, take it at your own pace. Uh, there, mm-hmm. there, there shouldn't be any pressure. If you're at a place where there is pressure or expectation, you're in the wrong place. And that's like, that is a bad experience. Correct. I would, I would, 
um, definitely say that's not the place to be. But that leads me into my uh, one of the next common questions is just like, what do we expect? And it's obviously, it's fairly open-ended or open that question. And so like, did you have expectations going into the club and how would you sort of coach people into managing or managing expectations or dispelling any expectations? Mm-hmm. I think the biggest pressure that people put on themselves is that they are going to be expected to do something. Like if I show up at a club, somehow people is gonna, are going to expect me to participate in whatever is going on, yeah. which is so beyond the truth. Yeah. <laughs> like, and this is one thing that I, I have a difficulty communicating sometimes to people, but like, I think before we got into lifestyle, I sort of viewed this, dating lifestyle world like in a similar vein to i had when i was single as a vanilla person and they're not the same you know it's just not the same and there are different um people are way 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 more respectful in general in lifestyle than in your kind of general population dating world at least maybe that changed in the couple (laughs) in the years between my single life and doing this but, um, oh, no, I think it's very much the same. It might be even worse nowadays, I feel like. When I speak to, <laughs> okay. like, the younger, like, the, the people who are a little bit younger than you and I, like, people who come to the club in their early 20s and this, like, the dating scene or going out to clubs is just horrific. <laughs> it's like mm. the lack, of, yeah, the lack I, of communication and consent talk and all that sort of stuff. It's, like, just everywhere. I know. And I never want to paint a picture of utopia because – Lifestyle is made up of all different people. And there's, yes, are there people who are not going to ask consent for everything or, you know, um, it, but it is very different from my experience than the the single dating world. And never, ever have I been in a situation in five years where I felt like anyone ever expected anything of me or my husband just because we were at a, a venue. Yep. You know, Um, and so I would really like to just put that one to rest for people like no one has any expectations of you whatsoever. Like just pretend like you're going to watch a baseball game. Like if you don't talk to anyone else, they might not even talk to you. Like you don't have to do anything. Um, And just talking to someone also, this is something, especially as a single woman, I was like, as a single woman, if you smiled at the wrong guy in a club, yeah, that might ruin that might ruin your whole night because that guy's gonna follow you around all night, and <laughs> yeah, you know you <laughs> yeah. you're gonna leave the club because you're like I can't lose this guy. In lifestyle, you can flirt, you can kiss, you can do whatever you want to do, and there is nothing past that moment that is expected of you ever again. And I think that is where the little bit of disconnect comes in to, like, the dating world that many of us know from, you know, I don't know, what do you want to call it, vanilla, regular single dating versus a lifestyle atmosphere, which is, like, we're all here to have a good time and is general if we're super respectful of each other in this community. Yeah, absolutely. I call it the muggles and the, the magic people. So we're the magic people <laughs> and they're the muggles. And it's just, yes. uh, some people have it in yes. them and some people don't. So it's just, <laughs> we get to wave our wands in yes. each other's faces a little bit too. So that's nice. <laughs> Um, What about uh, inversely about what they can expect of 
where they're going, the environment they're going to be in. Sometimes I feel like, you know, it, it can be both ways. What What's expected of us and what's ex- what can we expect to see, hear? Of other people. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, you can, you can speak to the club atmosphere if I, if I miss anything, but I would say the reason the club atmosphere I think is, can be great is because you can see a lot. (laughs) So like, um, so for example, in the first club that we went to, you know, they have a front of the house and the back of the house, you know, playing generally happens in the back, but there were people getting blowjobs and stuff in the front of the house too. So like if you're, you know, you're just going to see stuff. And so I think it's a great way to know where your comfort level is. If you are uncomfortable seeing somebody get a blowjob on a couch, maybe you don't want to go to the back of the room that night. (laughs) (laughs) But it just gives you a flavor for what, you know, you might expect and see. So I would say you might see a lot of things, but always to remember that none of those things that you're seeing are expected of you. Yep. Yep. Excellent. Um, the next question I have is... Oh, can I say one other thing, though? Yeah, so, sure. Um, I want to add also, uh, just based on my personal experience, so um, clubs versus house parties, um, yeah. because I, I would say house parties are kind of the next thing that people might go to, because once you get clicked into a lifestyle community... That's where these things might be happening. Yeah. I think house parties are very hit or miss. Very, very, very hit or miss. Um, because sometimes we've been invited to parties that like everyone knows each other really well. And that can be uncomfortable for a couple different reasons. One is it's sometimes it's like this really weirdly laid back atmosphere that I'm like, I feel like I'm just like hanging out at someone's house like this is not even like exciting or fun and then other times too if people know each other really well there might be a lot of playing happening very early on which is all fine and good i'm just saying if you're new and you walk into these environments um again nothing is ever expected of you but just read the in particular for house parties just read read the space and if it's not comfortable for you just get out like there are so many experiences where my husband and i had now that were like Oh my God, we should have just left. Like, why did we even stick around that party? But yeah. you don't know. You don't know until you know. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, the the third scenario would be just a one-on-one meet, as in like a, a couple and a couple or yeah, a couple and, and a, a single person. Yes. Yeah. Anything. Which is what we migrated to. But I think a lot of people gravitate to clubs and parties first because you feel like you're one removed. Like going out with a couple seems like a lot of pressure. I don't think it feels like that once you've been doing it and that's actually way less pressure. But I think in the beginning, it feels like you, you can remain a little anonymous or sit in the corner or something. If you go to some of these other events. Yeah. I think, yeah, maybe you're right. Just like building up the, I guess the, the ability to, or have the language to communicate what you're thinking and feeling and not feeling that you have to do anything. Sometimes it's really important. You can cut your teeth there in a club rather than, um, directly to someone's face because when it's just you and them it's like there's nowhere else to go it's like <laughs> yes. you, you know you can't just sort of disappear yeah, into that, the crowd correct and yeah. that is we were talking about the skills that you develop you know you have to be comfortable saying no to someone's face actually yeah yeah and that's still something even me to this day sometimes i find mm-hmm. a little bit hard um yes. just to just to 
because I don't want to ever upset anyone, you know, and I, I'm also in a little bit of a, a, sometimes a bit of a pickle of a situation where sometimes the people who are asking me are my customers, right? And so I've got to have two minds going at the same time. It's just like, this is a customer. I can't be, I've got to be offering customer service, but I'm not going to offer that kind of customer service. Do you know what I mean? So, I'm so <laughs> <laughs> yes, so, I do know what you mean. And when I'm trying to say no, or if like if it's either I'm like truly not interested or I'm not interested because I'm working and it's just like trying to communicate that. Um, yeah, I just, sometimes I'm just sort of like, oh, I don't know. And I don't want to upset this person, especially if I feel like sometimes they've, they've I can see they've plucked up the courage to come and talk to me. And then I've got to go, no. And how do I let them down gently? Uh, let them know that it's that it's not going to happen. Uh, and then say, but enjoy your night. Please come back again soon, <laughs> kind of thing. I know. Well, I mean, it is like you always want to be kind. And the person you need to be the most kind to is yourself. So if you don't want to be with someone, then you do have to figure out a kind way to say no do you have a, a or no thank you yeah we say in our talk just say thanks but no thank you you know you can, you can mm-hmm. pat it out a little bit but essentially that would you do you have any other sort of go-to phrases to to turn someone down politely or kindly um sometimes we just say there's you know it doesn't seem to be like a four-way match because um I think that is very understandable by a lot of people. Sometimes having that group match is also challenging. Oh, um, I've got a. Um, and then sometimes, I've got a. I've been. I've been thinking about like I'm trying to explain to people how hard it can be to have a four way match and just the 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 maths behind it, why it is difficult. It's like an exponential rise in connections that have to be made. And I actually sat there and just worked out the uh, mathematical formulas. <laughs> did there and did some algebra. I can put it in the show notes, but it's basically the number of connections multiplied by, and then you have to open the brackets, number of connections minus one equals the amount of total connections. So it's sort of, if there's four people, it's four times four minus three, which equals 12. So there's 12 connections between four people to be had, which can you can then quickly see like how this is difficult um, to have four people all like each other and be interested at the same time. Yeah. And here's the other thing that happens, which you can confirm uh, with your experience or not, that um, it gets harder the longer you're in lifestyle, actually, (laughs) because I would say in the beginning, you don't you're just kind of in it for the experiences. I'm not saying you have sex with every single person you meet by any means, but you're just like in it for the experience. Right. Mm. So if there's even a little bit of a batch, you're like, yeah, let's let's do this. And then as you get further along, everybody gets a little pickier, I guess, yeah. is how I would say it. Absolutely. And um, and so then all of a sudden your partner is like, yeah, no. And you're like, really? Like, And it's it happens to both of you, so you're not surprised, but it's also like it just becomes harder to get that four-way match because everybody does get pickier. Yeah, absolutely. I found that 100%. I just didn't, I didn't, hadn't even thought about it really in those terms until you just said it. It's gotten harder the longer I've been involved. It's kind of like, and you know, yeah. politics get involved. I don't mean like actual politics, but like, you know, just like this person that, and then you, you oh, it's like sometimes it just gets all a bit too much. And like, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the day, like when I, I might go traveling and I can go to a, another club or somewhere not in my city 
and I don't know anyone with my partner and like we can just sort of it's fresh. <laughs> well, come to Salt Lake. You yeah. can have a fresh start. <laughs> what is the clubs like in Salt Lake? Uh, what is the lifestyle like over in Salt Lake? Um, so the Because I don't you know, if people don't know Salt Lake City has a reputation for being quite a uh, – what's the well, – I mean, you know, there's a lot of uh, – the, the Mormon churches over there quite strongly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has a, mm-hmm. a bit of a reputation of being – quite conservative conservative yeah yeah very conservative um and that's not incorrect but what i think is surprising and what's surprising to us is that there's actually a very large lifestyle community there i think if like on a really big picture it makes sense because i think wherever there's sexual oppression there's always something to counter that um and most of our lifestyle friends are ex LDS <laughs> and um, because that is like being a sexual being is something that they didn't experience at, you know, when they were a part of the church. And so that's something that people really explore when they're not, in, when they're not in the church any longer. And so that has just fed into this really amazing lifestyle community in the city. And we do have a meet and greet club. It's not a sex club, but it is a place for um, lifestylers to meet. So it's great. Yeah. So you said LDS, is that Latter-day Saints? Is that what that Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right, cool. Um, it's actually like the Church of Jesus Christ Latter Day Saints, but no one says that whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have time for this. <laughs> the whole service would be taken up just by saying the name. Um, mm-hmm. My next question is, and this is one that can be a little bit. I, I like to unpack it a little bit more because sometimes the language that people use is, I want to say, maybe not problematic. It can be problematic. It can be a little bit, just like, just be careful about the words. It's like, so we get this a lot. How do I convince my partner? The uh, the problematic word they're being convinced, I, I find, is this sort of. Yes. So if we could talk yeah, about and that. And my answer to that is always, you don't. Yep. Because, because of that semantic of convince. You're never going to convince somebody to do that. What I say is. You can explore and discuss and be curious together. But if your partner doesn't have that level of curiosity and ever want to try it, there's no convincing anyone and you would never want to convince them. Um, If they're not in it with any interest of their own, that can only go in bad directions. Absolutely. Okay. Then if we move, if we go level up and like, say we remove the word convince, how do I, Approached this conversation with my explore. Client. Yeah, I mean, I wish I had like this is how you do it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but here's what I'll say: is um, and using my experience a little bit in this too is it does take courage to bring it up to your partner because like the place I went to, I, like I said, is common. Like, oh, I'm not enough. You want something more. Um, And so I think that being prepared for I I don't know, there's it's very difficult to bring it up completely out of the blue without your partner having some alarm, I would say. Um, 
you know, and people get into it and start the conversation with their partners in so many ways. And I think it's so interesting and beautiful. Like some people are like, yeah, we just had this hot sex talk for years. And then one day we were like, we could actually like, we could do that. (laughs) (laughs) This is an option. Like that is, yeah, like that is a beautiful way. In our case, it was less beautiful. You know, we had that awkward period where I was kind of even hurt by the suggestion. Um, But I think, and this will tie into a conversation we're going to have later about affirming. I think the only thing you can do is keep affirming to your partner that this is not something I want to do because there's something missing, but because I want to add to what we have. Mm. Yep. And um, I think it can be difficult for, for some people to hear it that way, but that, that is the general sentiment that needs to be reiterated. Yeah. I find that that is a conversation that I have, um, you know, with my partner uh, lately, just like making sure and just doing what you're saying, just like reaffirming that this is a supplicative kind of, choices rather than like like you said it's a re- not reductive and it's not a, uh a yeah something's missing from our relationship like we we've made a, a conscious choice at the moment to like we play together uh and do all the experiences together and if it's not completely together like we're probably in the same building at least or um we know about what's going on to make sure that like we share the experience closely either while it's happening or just after it's happened. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's it's for our sex life, not for the individual's sex life is how we're sort of making sure we're, we're framing the conversation. So anytime there's a, a scenario that's coming up for one of us where it's sort of we might be going to the club or we um, – or yeah, so we're going to the club and we're deciding what do you want to do tonight? It's just like what are you in the mood for? And then try and build on that. It's just like – I'm in the mood for play with a couple, right? So now all you and I are going to agree that we're going to try and find a couple to talk to and hopefully we connect with and play with versus sometimes she might be, I'm in the mood for uh, just having another guy with with you, so a threesome or another girl and vice versa Uh, and making sure that that conversation is uh, in addition to what the play that we're going to have, either, like I said, in the moment or afterwards so lately like she's uh, michelle has been like asking for play uh, i'll play with another woman and then like she wants me to come explicitly uh tell her the story like that's so it's not like you're not getting enough sex from me so this is like i'm trying to how to frame it i'm not getting enough sex from michelle but i am having this this experience that i'm then going to take to michelle and then add to our play uh afterwards Yes, 100%. And I think that is the main thing is like looking at yourself, even even if you're the partner who's bringing it up to your other partner and being honest with yourself, are you trying to fix something or get something more that you feel like you don't already have? Because if that is the case, then that is the conversation to have with your partner, Mm. which is like, I feel like something is missing. Let's talk about that and fix that between the two of us because um, that is a very different conversation than let's go do this other thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, um, and so I talk about this all the time that, um, so lifestyle. So I think if you're getting into lifestyle, you should already feel like you have a very solid foundation in your relationship. 
Then when you get into lifestyle, uh, it's a bit of a flashlight. So even though you thought you had this really solid foundation and you probably do, lifestyle will shine a light on any tiny little crack that might have been in that foundation Mm. that you didn't know was there. And so you have to be going into lifestyle with that mentality of like, I think we are super, super solid. And if we learn something else about our relationship that like something to work on, we're willing to look at that crack and look at it together. Like everything is together. Right. So um, I think approaching that conversation with, any lack whatsoever is just not the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah, we use the flashlight analogy is good. We've used the magnifying glass analogy. If, if it's if there are cracks, they're going to turn into chasms and canyons, and if there are strong foundations, it's just going to make them stronger and bigger and more robust. Uh, mm-hmm. My my last one of my last questions because I know you had some as well. Then we can probably go over is. All right, we've gone through all that. They've had the the conversation about we want to go to the lifestyle. They know what to expect. They know what to wear. But now, right, they've say for example, a couple not done this before. They've booked tickets to their to their local club. And they're nervous as hell now. What <laughs> do you have any advice for people who are nervous? How do you how do you deal with it? Oh gosh, that's a really hard one. I think just be nervous. I don't think you can get rid of the nerves. I mean, this is a very new thing, right? And I don't think there's any, um, first of all, don't use substances to, I mean, I think obviously alcohol can ease things a little bit, but I mean, in our case, this was a little extreme. We didn't drink at all the very first night, first club experience, because I was so worried about making a bad decision and like, I didn't want to have (laughs) And then after that night, I was like, okay, like a drink would have been really nice to have. So again, I think there's a comfort level and then just be okay with being nervous. And I would say, even though this isn't what I did, I would say just try to have a conversation with at least one other couple, because I think immediately people will be put at ease when they recognize how receptive people are. And especially just walk up to someone and you can literally say like, we have never been to a sex club before and we're kind of nervous. Do you have any advice for us? Mm. Like people would love to be approached with that. And they would be like, Oh my God, we remember when we were new. And then it goes from there. And you know what I mean? Like, I kind of think just own the nervousness a little bit. Like, people are, we've all been there. That's one thing that's really great about this community, right? Is like, we've all been there. And so just let people know you're new and nervous and you will be welcomed in very open arms. Absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, I have similar advice for people just like cater the, hold on to the nerves. Cause that's, I think sometimes one of the most fun things about it, because it's a, it's a, it's like building up all this energy and it's and you're inside, you're like, Ooh. and then once you get there and you hopefully have a great time and you meet people, it's this release. And it's like, oh, that was, you know, you, you feel good because it's like there was all this anticipation and nervousness about what we were going to see and feel and expect and blah, blah, blah. And then now we've had a fantastic time and then we didn't we realize there was actually nothing really to be nervous about. But only through the experience can, can that truly be uh, dissipated. Exactly. And I would say that one other thing that maybe could help 
people is um, like you were talking about the agreements. So the conversation that we're going to have later is like ties in perfectly with what you're saying about like, what do we want to achieve or what do we want to do tonight? What are you in the mood for? And then out of that can come some agreements. So like, if you're really nervous, you can make some agreements. Like I am, not playing. There's no way I'm playing with people tonight. All I want to do is talk to people. As long as like you and your partner are in agreement on that, then like that eliminates any of that expectation or, you know, that can help settle the nerves just between the two of you, I think. Yeah. I think I, I would recommend, and it's sort of what, what you said is at least try and talk to one other person or one other couple. Uh, it can be sometimes an experience where you just feed into yourself. If you just sit in the corner, arms crossed and sort of giving everyone the side eye you you you, you're probably not going to have the best night if you're just behaving like that because people probably don't want to approach you either because you look scary they're like oh what's that Mm -hmm. couple looks they look angry (laughs) i want to get involved in that so (laughs) yeah 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 do you have uh there were some questions that you had as well did you want to go over those um so i had a couple one is um about the anonymity See how many times I can say that word without messing it up. But, oh, um, yeah. I think that's a really big concern for people when they first get into it. And we had all the same concerns. Like, what if we run into people we know? Mm. What if um, somebody sees us on a website and all the things? And I would say we worked through that pretty quickly. And um, I don't know, maybe you just have to work through it yourself to get that comfort level. But also where we got very quickly was like, if we run into somebody at the club, they are also at the club. Exactly. (laughs) If they, if they see us on this website, they are also on the website. So we're all outing each other at the same time. And um, yeah, it's just, we used different names in the beginning and we know, we knew some people who tried to kind of, keep that throughout so they had different names when they were in lifestyle versus the vanilla world and like it's overly complicates things it's not necessary yeah we've i've experienced (laughs) where we've done that and then they don't respond to the fake name or they use the real name by accident and it's like oh exactly (laughs) yeah my my favorite example is a friend who posted a picture of herself that she had on at work and she had her, her name tag on at work and everyone's like Wait, is your name Christine? (laughs) (laughs) She was like, oh. Oh, So anyway, it's just, Mm. yeah, it's complicated to keep that up. Yeah. Um, We do, uh, anonymity can be, maybe even just privacy about not not necessarily being seen, but just like how is is our, are we going to be kept private at the club is kind of where I'm going with this sometimes is to say, how, do, how would you advise people like to maybe do some research into a place that they're going that they, you know, you're going to give them information. Maybe you give them your phone number or an email address or something like that, that you're going to be, your details and information is going to be kept private. You know, honestly, I think you could speak better to that than I could. I don't, I mean, if you're going to any reputable spot like yours or Mm. another club, I mean, that's going to be of utmost importance because everybody knows that's a concern. If you're just going to a regular party and they're asking for personal information, I would I would be a little suspicious about that anyway. Um, And also, I mean, on a practical matter, lots of people set up just completely different phone numbers and email addresses for lifestyle purposes. So that's always an option, too. I suppose then the the. The work work around for that is a, a, a um, 
what you call it, a, say a private party or a house party or something, is like you access it through a website where you can create an online profile rather than using obviously your own contact information. Would mm-hmm. be the recommendation. Is that what you would recommend? Like, you know, what, what's what's your local swingers community website there? Like, what is it in the states? Is it is it SDC? Well, okay, or, so you, well, SDC is popular, very popular. Cassidy, Cassidy, like that's the one. For yeah, and they're very regional specific, and actually, Utah has its very own. So, um, yeah, I don't. I guess my overall advice is the same as it was for the wrestling. Like do whatever makes you comfortable in the beginning and just know it's going to change. Sure. Here's the one, here's the one thing I will say about the phone numbers. I created a separate lifestyle phone number shortly after getting into lifestyle because, um, I wasn't that comfortable giving out my regular phone number to people that we were meeting. And also, um, you can attest to this, the pictures and the messages that you get from people in lifestyle (laughs) are of different nature than the ones from your vanilla friends. And so, you know, I had smaller kids at the time and my phone would be sitting on the counter and a message would pop up, even if it was like relatively benign, like, hey, beautiful. It'd be like, why is this guy Steve saying, hey, beautiful to you? (laughs) Because your mom is beautiful. Okay, kids. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I created a separate number that I didn't get notifications on. So there's my little tip, my my lifestyle life hack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Keep a burner phone, right? <laughs> exactly. Do you have and it? Yeah, actually, we do know couples that have uh, a lifestyle phone. That makes That would make sense. I've never done that, but <laughs> I'm obviously a little bit more open about what I do. So, you know, the, yeah, every, yeah, everyone yeah. knows what's going on with me. Uh, yeah, yeah. Did you have any other questions? You had a couple more, I think. Um, the last one I had is kind of a big one. So um, do we have time for one more? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think the one that I get the most is about jealousy, yep. which I think is really interesting because So first of all, this is a really big topic and not easily answered. But what I do want to say about jealousy is, are you going to experience some jealousy? Maybe, probably. Um, But for some reason, what I think is interesting is that we as humans seem to be more afraid of jealousy than many other emotions. (laughs) It's like, um, and I've been doing a lot of research around jealousy lately. And one of the things that I think is really true is that somehow we've associated um, jealousy with us being kind of a bad person. Like if I'm jealous, then I'm not open. If I'm jealous, I don't trust you. If I'm jealous, Mm. whatever. Jealousy is a very complicated feeling and it doesn't mean anything about us. And one of my friends who's, I thought this was really interesting. So I don't really have a lot of like, I'm not wired with a lot of jealousy. And I think that's another thing to be fair about that. Some people are more predisposed to feeling jealous than other people. So I had kind of developed this theory that like, if you are a very jealous person, you probably don't go into lifestyle. Like that was just kind of something I thought. And then I met other people and a good friend of mine was like, he was like, Oh, I was very jealous before we got into lifestyle. (laughs) I was like, tell me more about this. Like, how did you manage that? And a couple of things that he said that I thought was interesting. Well, one, I think the most interesting part is, is that you can work with it, 
right? So he was a very jealous person and he used lifestyle as an opportunity to kind of really look at his um, jealous tendencies, which Mm -hmm. I think is the way we want to approach lifestyle in general. Like lifestyle is going to bring up a lot of stuff in us that we didn't know we had. Yeah. It's going to bring up insecurities that we didn't know we had or just haven't been triggered in a long time. And so um, just that openness to like, I am willing to feel that feeling and then like, look at that, like, Oh, why do I feel jealous? And one of the things that he does that I think is kind of beautiful is he just reminds him himself the opposite side of the corner. Oh, I feel this way because I love my wife so much. Yeah. And he just kind of puts that, you know, and it like it rids him of any shame or feeling bad about feeling jealousy because he's like, oh, I, I understand why I feel that way because I love her so much. And, you know, that isn't how I want to react. I don't want to react from a jealous place. So it's just really like acknowledging that these feelings are going to come up there are going to be a lot of negative emotions that are going to come up and it's okay. It's like part of the process. Yeah, absolutely. I think going from what you said about, I I guess what you were alluding to is to say it's being jealous in the lifestyle is usually viewed as a a negative thing. Whereas sometimes I I find anecdotally that being jealous in a monogamous relationship is a good thing, right? It means like you, and you said uh, this guy used this kind of uh, 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 frame of thinking that, it's because I love you that I'm jealous kind of thing. How do you, I guess, reconcile against that kind of, the switch in that kind of thinking uh, between this is a, being jealous is good because I, it means I, I love you. Does it mean that I love you? Does it mean that I care for you? Or is it, is it something else? I mean, so the definition of jealousy is a fear of losing something that you have. So I would say that that is a positive spin on jealousy in the sense that like, I'm afraid of losing you. Now, rationally, he probably knows he is not going to lose his wife in any of these lifestyle situations. Emotions are not rational. This is the actually essence of the trouble sometimes of emotions. So it's just allowing it. I think whenever we don't allow an emotion, that is where we run into more problems. And then it's literally as easy. Like you might just have to go outside and breathe through it. You know, you there's nothing you can do to like just instantly get rid of jealousy or the myriad of emotions that might come up during some of these experiences, but just, you know, remembering, I think just remembering, and I think we had this conversation a little bit too, when you're first getting into lifestyle, you see this as like fun, sex, party. Yeah, it is all those things. And it is complicated. And so it's just, that's just the reality of, um, that situate of of lifestyle is that you are introducing more complication into your relationship and if you're not willing to allow yourself to have any complicated emotions around that that's going to be really limiting and difficult for you yeah uh the definition that you had for for jealousy is one that i had really um understood up until just now when you said it because like i'd been thinking about jealousy as something that someone else was getting that I didn't want them to have. As in, I wanted it for myself. 
Yeah, you can't so like your the a- definition you used was kind of a bit reductive from my point of view. Whereas I sometimes would look at jealousy uh, as a as something that would be reductive for someone else, but would add to me. So it's sort of like you have an ice cream. I don't. I don't. I don't want you to have that. I want the ice cream. <laughs> so, um, but then I sort of tried to, and this can be a bit more of a, a build in this conversation. Is the j- difference between jealousy and envy? Exactly. Yeah. I was just going to say that too. Yeah. So like envy is, I understand it is just like they have something, I don't necessarily want to take it away from them, but I would also like to be experiencing it. like to have that. Or or have that or be involved. So um, yeah, have, yeah, then is with the way I was sort of thinking and framing about jealousy, would that change anything for you in terms of how, I mean, what you can think people would, how they would behave or anything they could do to, to, maybe rationally work through it if they're experiencing the jealousy that. yeah like i mean it's as simple as in the moment you might just have to remove yourself from the situation that's really triggering you and do some breathing or um take a little walk around the block like literally that can just really shift things as they're like really being triggered in you. Mm. And then I think that's something to go back to later. Like, here's what's real. You know, attachment theory is real. We actually have um, attachment um, issues. Some of us, you know, there's, we're not all securely attached. And I would say that lifestyle actually helps me discover that part about myself. Like I notice when we get into these certain situations, like I get really scared. And so it is just that willingness to look at what's maybe driving some of those emotions. And here's the most important part. I think mm-hmm. it's not your partner causing that. So I'm feeling very jealous and that means I might be feeling bad. And when we feel bad, a very first reaction can be, you are making me feel bad. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think the, I think the very first step in any of those situations is, is it may always be our human tendency to want to blame the other person, but to say to yourself, Oh, I am feeling really bad. Like, what is this bringing up in me Mm. that, you know, when I see my partner talking to the guy in a certain way, what, what is this triggering in me? Not, she shouldn't be talking to that guy that way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's probably one of like the, one of the most important inserts when you're having these negative feelings is to first ask yourself, like, why is this happening in me? And that, lashing out yeah and then yeah and, and there's the, the i mean the you're talking about the practical aspects like breathing through or taking a walk or something like this but is there like something that you would sort of like in internal dialogue i mean you said like what's it in me but lead i feel like sometimes those questions can lead to like even more confusion because it's just like i don't know why i'm why am i like this and you can't answer it sometimes is there a, a way to sort of uh dig deeper into the 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 reasoning why you might be feeling these this this way? Well, in the moment probably isn't the place where you're going to discover that. Mm. I think uh, I, my point in maybe asking yourself 
that in the moment is to take the focus off of your partners doing something that's making you feel bad versus, oh, when I see that happening, I feel bad. <laughs> yeah. And taking, so the the term around that is the emotional sovereignty. Like I'm responsible for my own emotional state. My partner is not responsible for my emotional state. But here's the important part is later when you are in, you know, the next morning, next day or whatever, be like, okay, last night when I saw you talking to that guy, I got so jealous. I don't know why I got so jealous at that time and not these other times. Like, I just noticed that coming up in me. And again, it's not your partner's job to fix that for you, but it is your partner's job to support you through that inquiry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and be like, wow, that is really interesting. Like, let's talk about that some more. Or like you start that dialogue together. And ultimately having these negative feelings, being able to share them with your partner and actually support each other through them, that is the magic formula of why we all end up with amazing relationships, by yep. the way. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that's why we love lifestyle because ultimately it brings us closer to our partners. Yeah. And it's a whole lot of fun, but also it brings <laughs> us closer to our partners. And I mean, that that sounds like a big statement to say, but I think if anybody's been in lifestyle long enough, they would agree. Yeah. I think that's fantastic advice. It's just like being able to just like, you're, you're not there to just like take a, take ownership or responsibility for the actions, just support them through it. And then you work through it together kind of thing. It's great. Cause yeah. I feel like that. And if you're having a really bad time, like that might be the time. I mean, it's always asking yourself what you need, right? Like if you're like, I cannot take this anymore. Then you go to your partner and you're like, I feel really, really bad. I have to leave. <laughs> and then your part, your partner will be like, okay, we're leaving. Like, you know, I have seen that happen in couples. Like my wife is having a really hard time. We're going to leave right now or vice versa. And I, that's totally fair. And again, like I said before, we have all been there to some extent, like no one's ever going to judge somebody else for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Lauren, thanks so much for this conversation and answering these questions. Uh, I hope the listeners got something out of that if they hadn't had any of these com uh, considerations before or they had got some new advice. Um, obviously, we're going to have another chat uh, on another episode. Uh, but for now, I'm just going to wrap up this one. If you'd just like to hang around, I'm just going to do my little bits and pieces. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so awesome. Thank you so much. No problem. Uh, we do. This is the part of the podcast where we ask you, the listener, for your uh, five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts. In exchange, we do a little bit of bribery. We will give you a free entry to the club should we read out your review on one of the month in review podcasts that Jess and I do. Uh, so you can head to Apple Podcasts to do that, five-star rating review. You can... Contact us on social medias at Our Secret Spot. Hopefully, if the if the account is <laughs> has not been been banned yet on Instagram, anyone who knows that story. Uh, so Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or get in contact with us via phone or text message on zero four seven eight one three one seven six nine, or head to the website OurSecretSpot.com.au to buy yourself a ticket and come say hello to us in person. That's going to do it for this episode. Again, thank you very much to Lauren for joining us. Thank you. It's been fun. We'll catch you next time on a hump day in a fortnight. Bye. <laughs>